Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to a new feature for the Arrowheads Abroad podcast show, where we fill up the Mr. Fusion, fire up the flux capacitor, and set the dates on the time circuits to take you back in time to some of the most memorable Chiefs games in history. In this episode, Brad and Tom are joined by Seth Kaiser from TheAthletic.com to relive the moment the Chiefs rocked the Packers' world by ending their perfect season record with a 1914 victory at Arrowhead. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour... You're gonna see some serious shit. So the Chiefs beat the Packers 1914 at Arrowhead, and we have the Arrowheads Broad Supremo, Tom Childs, and the Chief of the North, Seth Kaiser from TheAthletic.com, to give us their takes. I admit it, guys, we did not expect that result, did we? 19-14 against the 13-0 Packers. I don't know who could have possibly seen this coming. I mean, they. I personally, everyone I know thought the Packers were going to end this season undefeated, 19-0, hit the Super Bowl. And I don't know, guys, it, it was tough. I had, like, no hope coming into this game with, uh, with, with Romeo Cornell, man. I mean, what can you say? What can you say about him? It's the most impressive win in how many years as a Chiefs fan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole uh, the, the whole assignment of, of bringing him in now after um, you know Todd Haley and everything, all that was all that that went on you know this year, um, and him to come in as head coach now and and suddenly turn it all on its head for a, an amazing win against the Packers. He's he's orchestrated something there that could be something that the Chiefs can actually build on over the next two games. Well, you know me, I'm not much of a gambler. Um, in fact, I despise betting with every fibre of my being. But I did have a quick look at the odds before the game, and the Chiefs were something like 16.5 points underdogs. Really? So they weren't fancied. And then you add in like the mental side of switching coaches yeah. halfway through a week, um, switching quarterbacks as well. Kyle yeah. Orton coming in for um, Tyler Palco, who, who played okay the last few games. He's certainly better than Matt Castle has been. And you were thinking... The Chiefs actually stand no chance. Like, the only thing that's been getting me through these last few weeks, to be honest, is that song by Maroon 5, um, Moves Like Jagger. Have you heard it? You yeah, 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 yeah. And all... I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, you know, just starting law school and everything, I'm always, like, five years behind trends. Uh, and so I'll get there eventually. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have the time. Three kids is too many, guys. I can't keep up. Yeah, and, if I was you, I would definitely call it a day at three. Oh, holy more. crap! There is. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. There's absolutely no way we're, we're not having any more kids. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my wife and be like, "Look, woman, we're done." I've so got, that, I've got I've, a two year old. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, I'm the, just the, one. <laughs> see, and that's you're, that's a good plan. You know, there, there's a lot to take away. I mean, I took a bunch of notes as I 
as I watch this game. And what you talked about, the this idea of something sustainable, what I really like, mm. you know, what you're getting at there, there's something that could potentially be built upon there. And what I noticed, it was almost like a completely different game plan. Um, tight formations, pound the rock, control the game, using the running game. Um, it was it was like it was like almost throwback football, but it was so effective. Mm-hmm. And you you've got to ask yourself if this has been what the Chiefs have been missing for the last few years to really close out games. And I, as I watch them, I mean, you know, I mean, fullback, running back, two tight ends, run the ball down their throat. That looks like winning football to me. And you got to wonder if if Romeo Cornell is at at the spearhead of something revolutionizing in a sense. The NFL all over again saying, no, look, yeah, yeah, that's cute. You want to throw the ball. We're going to win by running the ball. And they beat the best passing team in the NFL doing that. Yeah, and it was clear from the very beginning that that's what they wanted to do. With Jamal Charles being out for the season, we've managed to find a way to replace his production every now and then. And on on Sunday, they went with the the trio of McLean, Thomas Jones, and Jackie Battle. Battle, And all they did was run by committee, which is something that's pretty new to the NFL tends to you have to just have a feature guy and then just rely on him but the Chiefs right. look quite revelational, revelationary rather, by doing this approach and just going after the Packers just running it down their throat okay they did have issues when it come down to the goal line they struggled to score there but with the mixture of good run play and Carl Orton producing some incredible play action yeah he seemed, seemed to keep the Packers on their heels the whole game I absolutely agree. And I just before we start talking about Orton, because we're going to be talking about Orton a lot today, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Man, you mentioned Thomas Jones and Battle as, as you know, kind of they, they were two of the, you know, McLean had some nice plays too. But, man, that one-two punch of Jones and Battle, is it just me or does Jones look like he's got at least a few years left in him? Definitely. 100%. Yeah. yeah and, and Battle, I see a feature back there. That Those last couple runs, he, he ran through contact. He looks solid to me. And so it makes you wonder. I mean, obviously, you know, Jamal Charles is great. But mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, you know, how the Chiefs are going to proceed moving forward, especially if if what happened in this game is any indication. What if they do stick with Romeo Cornell? What if he does get the head coaching job? Maybe it makes sense to stick with guys that are more ground and pound than, mm-hmm. than kind of a scat back like Charles. Maybe you know, one-two punch. Maybe. Battle, I could see battle, it. Do you know what I saw whilst in this game? It was very much like Willie Parker and Jerome Bettis, like towards the end of that that Pittsburgh run with Bettis just before they won the Super Bowl, where Parker would do all the work like Thomas Jones, and then Bettis being Jackie Battle. And I was wondering if maybe that could be sustainable. You know, maybe maybe we should be looking to trade Jamal Charles during the off season and see what we can get for him. Well, possibly. I mean, it's it's at least worth thinking about. I think that's a good comparison, Parker and Bettis. I mean, that's that's winning football. I mean, I, I can't I can't emphasize it enough. You run the ball, you control the clock, you don't let the other quarterback on the field, you control time of possession. That's what wins football games. I mean, it couldn't be more clear. And I mean, honestly, you don't want to take anything off too small a sample size. But you look at this game: best passing offense in the NFL, good running game. It's like rock, paper, scissors, right? Rock smashes scissors almost every time. I think if you put that Chiefs team against that Packers team, based on what we saw, I think that Chiefs team wins nine games out of ten. Yeah, maybe they meet in the Super Bowl in a few weeks' time. Maybe. Well, this is yeah. the thing. This is the thing now because the, uh, the the Chiefs are only what two games away, and they could actually go ahead and and sneak into the playoffs. Absolutely. The they stayed alive. That's so important. And anytime you get into the dance with, with defense and a running game, you've got a puncher's chance. As long as you've got 
competent quarterback play, and that's how I've expertly segued into Kyle Orton. Wow. I yeah, mean, what, what a performance. I, best, Chiefs, best Chiefs quarterback play I've seen since what? Since Green? Comfortably. Well, if you think about the last few years, we've had to put up with Castle, Figpen, Damien Hewitt, Brody Croyle, like... They're hardly world beaters, there are they? So yeah, I right. I would I would say certainly since Green, hundred percent, yeah, the second yeah. best quarterback of this millennium for sure. He's definitely going to give him a, a, a well. He's going to give Castle a run for his money, isn't he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would say so. And I mean, really, again, you can't base everything off one game. But when you just look at how much more smoothly and efficiently the offense seemed to run. It's it's tough to turn your back on that and then go back to whatever else you were doing. He's got to get some credit. On a side note, you mentioned Thigpen. I will forever be convinced that had they not tried to go with this you know gimmicky throw the ball 70% of the time offense that they went to with him, mm-hmm. I think Thigpen could have accomplished something if they let him actually work on getting under center and maybe you know like the, the type of game you saw today, like a ground and pound kind of game. Mm-hmm. I think you can see Thigpen accomplishing something like that, but they kept trying to do you know, a college read option offense yeah. that doesn't work in the pros. That's just, that's the thing I'm very passionate about with Tyler Thigpen. Had it not been this gimmicky, will never work in the NFL crap that they mm-hmm. ran with him, I think he would have been okay. Yeah, well, and if they got him from not catching wide receiver passes um, <laughs> like he did against the Bucks a couple of years ago, maybe they should avoid that type of uh, play calling going forward, which I'm sure they won't because, as Romeo Cornell has rightly pointed out, conservative football is the way to go in the 21st century and he proved it he proved it he was vindicated in his approach you got McCarthy who's just he's such an innovative offensive mind and that you know that's why he is who he is up against Cornell who he, he stuck with basic principles football really you know when you think about it and you have to really think about it football hasn't changed much over the course of the years. The same things win football games now as they did when Len Dawson was winning Super Bowls. Defenses. Defense. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's what you saw. And you get a guy like Kyle Orton, who, man, one note that I took, man, is just says Kyle Orton on third down. And I, I, I wrote down a money sign, which, you know, <laughs> my, my notes are somewhat vague. And I really should... <laughs> I really should create some sort of system almost like to where I could chart some stuff. I don't know. I'll think about that. But, you know, yeah. you know, money is obviously a good thing. Um, and so, you know, why else would I be in law school if not to make money? So <laughs> what's the yeah. – so the uh, – you know, with, with Kyle Orton, I mean, on third downs, he came through. He, he was finding the open receiver. I mean mm-hmm. – what that's what you want from your quarterback survey the field find the open receiver don't lose the game sure he didn't make any huge plays on his own mm-hmm. but he didn't make any mistakes exactly. and that that ties right into the whole game plan exactly. yeah and it, you have to look at the weapons that he was throwing to as well and like the chiefs all of a sudden i think have a good group of receivers that they can work with going forward like steve Preston's looks okay Dwayne Bowobs, we know about him. He had a fantastic season last year. They drafted John Baldwin, who I am so excited about. Like there yeah. was a few receivers. Oh, he almost. He looked really. Did good. you see a couple of those that he almost caught? Yeah. Were, were they were so close to being? I mean, like catch of the year material. It was Excellent. a deep ball, wasn't it? Right down there. Was it down the middle? 
Oh yeah. He, he was fingertips away from it. Or, no, no, no. That was it. He, he got it in his hands, didn't he? And he spilled it. I think it was. Yeah, he was um, so close. But you can see. I mean, you know, he's learning. I'm guessing those near catches become catches in the near future here. Absolutely. Like went back in the draft back in April. There was like some receivers that people were going crazy about, like the likes of AJ Green and Julio Jones, who I'm sure will be good players. But I was so happy that the Chiefs managed to get their guy, even though he fell a little bit. Managed mm-hmm. to get their guy in the first round. I'm excited about him and Terrence copper as well he looks like a guy that could be handy as well so yeah they they've been underutilizing there. copper what's up with that mad and then you've got a guy that's just got a great surname pope like leonard pope that's a good name <laughs> i feel like i feel like it shouldn't be a football player's name but why not and he he seemed okay he seems like he can carry us through at that position for a, a year or two yeah absolutely i have a hard time i mean you know what you really at the tight end position you want a guy who can block Right, mm-hmm. first and foremost, inline blocker, a guy that can help you control the line of scrimmage, and then if you've got reliable hands after that, that's just a bonus. You know, this is kind of what we're talking about—the trend that the NFL, I think, is headed back towards. You, you see, you know, these guys—you know—they're splitting out tight ends constantly, and I get that. You know, the Chiefs did that for years with Gonzalez, and and I get the value in it. But if you've got a guy that can block first and foremost, all you need is a reliable set of hands, and give me that tight end all day. And Pope looks like that, even though he's so—he's also—he's so tall. So immediate red zone threat right there next to Baldwin. Yeah. Do you know where I see the future of Titans going? Um, I see like NFL may move towards the college basketball game and try and pick guys like tall guys that know how to box out and maybe make catches and they should have natural hands as well. That's so a I, really I see, good idea. I think they might go that way. Yeah. Any well, any basketball player you know is going to be sure-handed. I mean, Absolutely. that's. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mean, you know, Gonzalez and Gates had a little ba- basketball background, and so, I mean, it just seems it just seems natural. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Chiefs should go that direction going forward for sure. Did yeah. did, uh, did we mention the wide receiver before? We did, didn't we, Breston? Oh we man, he the had Killer a great Bees. game against Killer against Bees. Williams. Definitely, I thought he looked really good. Um, yep. against Tremon Williams I mean Williams was a pro bowler as well last year so it, it, to make it to make him look that mediocre that in that game I, I honestly I'm really excited about this this team now because it's suddenly just like almost swung around hasn't it I mean you, you've faced the Packers who have mm-hmm. been going for this this record haven't they of uh, un, undefeated season and mm-hmm. uh, you know to, to to turn this around and make it look like the Chiefs are suddenly onto a winner here. It's almost like they caught this magic formula, right? Um, just moving forward with it. But yeah, I mean, the offense was great. But I just wanted to talk really a bit more about what do we think of the Packers moving forward? Because looking at looking at their first half performance, there was a lot of drop passes, mm-hmm. but you know they did show their caliber later on in the second in the second half. Um, do you think the Chiefs got under the skin with the pass rush, or was it was it just something, just an off day from the Packers? I think I... the the D line set the tone from the very mm-hmm. beginning. They were very very good. Um, started with Tyson Jackson up front, who again is proving his worth every single game and worth the high pick that the Chiefs invested in. So I think he's going to be a staple of this defense going forward. Yeah. And obviously, you've got the likes of Justin Houston, who's a rookie who looks. Okay, I think he might hang around beyond his rookie contract, and then you've obviously got Tamba Harley, who's just a wrecking ball. He really right. is, and he he just destroyed this game single handedly. Like, how many right tackles did they go through? I think they ended up on their third or fourth right tackle by the end of the game. It's like he was hurting their feelings. 
pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it was pretty... it was a it was a rough deal. I do I mean I hate to jump in with a disagreement. You know, you mentioned Houston and obviously he's a rookie, right? And so I don't want to pass too much judgment. But I I you know, you see Holly affecting Rodgers constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, Houston, I just didn't see him in the backfield all that much. And in particular, later on when the when the Packers started wising up and getting their run game going, felt like they were running at Houston a lot. And I just – that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. I mean, is he ever going to be a guy who can who can hold up and set the edge? Because if you want to be a, a, a guy who can play that position, you got to be able to hold up against the run. I'm, I'm thinking maybe he's a little too small for that. So just a little quibble of mine. Um, but it's just something worth keeping an eye on. I do agree. Jackson was once again. I think he's. I think he's a stalwart moving forward. I mean, he's he's rock solid against the run. And I think there's some unlocked pass rush potential there, just with the bull rush because he, mm-hmm. he's just so strong. Yeah, yeah. Alan Bailey as well. He he probably got his first yeah. sack of the year um, of his career. The rookie. Um, he looks he looks half decent. But behind them, you have to look at the secondary and in. Secondary had a good game, and then in, if you looked at the middle of the defense, Derek Johnson was unbelievable today. Oh, sure, he lived in the backfield. It seemed like it seemed whenever they tried running the ball, Derek Johnson was there to stuff it. And he's fastly becoming one of my favorite players, and I think he should be a Chiefs for life. I can't see him signing for any other team ever. I think the Chiefs have got that locked down. Oh, that. Yeah. That guy, that guy's a lifetime chief. I mean, it's just such a great story how you know Todd Haley really turned his career around, yeah, and you know got him got him going and watching him fly all over the field. He really, I mean, you you nailed it there. I mean, that guy, he is one of those ring of honor automatically in chief for mm-hmm. life. I you know. I, I just the the worst you know occasionally you get those guys you know like you know you get your your Neil Smith or whatever in situations where they sign but there's some guys that you just have a feeling about yeah mm-hmm. and and DJ is definitely one of those the way he the way he flies around the field is just it's just really really special for sure I uh I I, I was I was kind of keeping an eye on but uh, but didn't keep an eye on too much what do you guys think of Glenn Dorsey this game Yeah I I really liked him Um I think. Seriously, I think he's one of those that it's 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 a bit like um, uh, Derek Johnson. He's gonna be he's gonna be hanging around quite a while, um, and yeah, I, I quite I was impressed with him. I don't know what you think, Tom. I, I'm I'm not so sold. I don't think he really? is the answer. No, I feel like the the Chiefs could do better there. Um, they obviously could have picked other guys ahead of Glenn Dorsey. They took him quite high, but um, you thought he reached? Oh yeah, I think I've Scott Pioli. Like he's definitely one of my favorite ever Chiefs GMs but yeah. I, well, I, think sure. he, I think he messed up the godfather on, on there yeah absolutely like he's bought the winning ways from the New England Patriots to, to Kansas City like look at last year we've done so well okay the playoffs ended up being a bit of a, a yeah, that was subject rough. but outside of that it was a good season it was entertaining yeah. Castle and Bo were very good but um, yeah no I, I like Scott Pioli I think he's done a good job but I'm just not too sold it's, on the whole Glenn Dorsey pick it's a, it's a master stroke from Pioli of uh, of, of you know, getting rid of Haley when he did and bringing in Cronell. Yeah, um, right. I think I think it was great timing. I think it's uh, I think it's something that the Chiefs needed to turn around this season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm 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 yeah I'm with you, Tom. I think I think uh, is one of those that's he's going to be around for quite a few quite a few years yet. Um, What's interesting. I just wanted to say you mentioned Cronell again, and you know what's interesting to me. You know we've talked about the game plan that he came in. You know 
getting rid of Haley, who, you know, handled all the offensive responsibilities, it's almost like Romeo Cornell over the years, you know, as he's kind of had to take a step back and become a defensive coordinator again, you got to wonder if he's kind of developed an offensive system. I would wonder if moving forward, he calls his own play. He calls his own plays on offense. Why not? Why not? And the players like him. You only have to look at the um, the Gatorade bath or shower they give him. Sure. Uh, vict- mm-hmm. uh, in victory formation, like players don't do that for coaches that they don't like. They obviously appreciate what Cornell's done this week. They're obviously sick to death of Todd Haley. And yeah. I, if, if, I, if it's me, I think the Chiefs should go with Cornell on a long-term basis um, from what we saw yesterday. If you don't just beat 13-0 and teams through no, fluke. You don't. Like, the Packers haven't lost a game in, what, 19 attempts, is it? Or 19 mm-hmm. It's games, been a long time. 19 game streak, yeah. And they haven't once been behind in the fourth quarter in any of those games. So not only are they winning games, they are dominant and so it's definitely not a fluke for you to say oh Cornell coming in it was a bit lucky in his first game absolutely not the players played for Cornell and I think that showed and so we might not get the outcome we want this year but I'm already excited for 2012 I genuinely think it could be one of those seasons to remember for a Chiefs fans I, I'm not giving up on this season yet I think uh, I think the next two games I think they're winnable uh, against the, the the Raiders and the Broncos um, and I think we we snatch this this AFC West Mm-hmm. You do. So yeah. where, where do if we do we sneak say we snatch the West? How far can this team go this year in 2011? After beating the Packers, surely they can beat anyone. Well, I mean, you, you wouldn't think they'd go very far with the injuries that they've had. But um, like you said, yeah, beating a team like the Packers and making them look mediocre as well, mm-hmm. you'd expect this team to uh, at least get to maybe the AFC Championship. Wowzers. You- you can see, you can definitely see the difference. Well, the you know the players aren't being coached by a guy who looks homeless for starters. <laughs> I mean that beard. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to Haley. If if the man wants to get work in the NFL again, he's going to need to shave that thing for starters. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, if he catches on, given what a disaster he's been, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. I think we've seen the last of Todd Haley, quite frankly. Um, I wanted to I wanted to circle back because I've got my notes here in in a couple of uh brackets and my Ooh. brackets just say Albert Lilja Wiegman Asamoa or Asamoa and and be rich <laughs> I gotta tell you I was I was watching this line and I mean you've got you've got a, a good combination of, of veterans and and young guys and they just ran right over the Packers. And, you know, as you look through that line, I don't see a single weak spot on there. I, now, at the same time, it is frustrating occasionally. Every time I watch Brandon Albert, I think to myself, what would he look like at his natural position? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, outside of moving him to left guard and, and maybe bringing in a, a, a true left tackle, uh, you look at this line up and down. You know, Wiegman, you might need a replacement in a couple of years. But, you know, the big thing with the line play is continuity. And yeah. right now, I am picturing in my head a future three, four years down the road where they keep this same group together in order to just have that same continuity and win that same style of play. Because like we've said, that's repeatable. Yeah, that's it. And then if you can be- keep the continuity, you're not going to have a running back that's so dependent on his own abilities. Mm-hmm. So you can almost make someone like Jamal Charles expendable. 
where you can, if you've got the offensive line, then you can roll with guys like Jones and Battle and McLean and stuff like that. And that means money can be spent elsewhere. Like I'm looking ahead to the draft already, and I know some people are saying Carl and he got a bit lucky yesterday. It's not the future for the Chiefs quarterback, and they want us to go and draft a guy in in, in next year's draft. But I'm looking at these quarterbacks that are coming out of college, right? And you've got guys that like Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, uh, Nick Foles, and those guys just don't excite me you know I just don't see them being able to accomplish anything in this league if the Chiefs are going to go out and get a quarterback next year which I think they should I think they should spend the number one pick regardless of where it is and I think they should go after a guy maybe like Brock Osweiler or Brandon Whedon guys that we know would be able to perform in this system with Romeo Cornell that can just sit there hand the ball off um play action every now and then. Just hit the safe inter- intermediate throws, not turn the ball over. If they can get sure. a guy like Weed and Osweiler with Cronell, with this offensive line that looks great, then they could be on for an ex- incredible season and an incredible future beyond. But, but Orton's just outdone Aaron Rodgers. He has. Sure. Uh, so he got the W. That's yeah. all you need to really ask. I mean, who walked away with the W? And that's mm. and that's Kyle Orton, you know? But and. He- it's it's tough to say no to a guy that just you know went toe to toe with uh you know now granted you know Rodgers is a lot better this year than he's been previously and maybe he got exposed a little bit against mm-hmm. the Chiefs so I think maybe he's been a little overrated this year to be fair but uh, I I think when you see a quarterback win a head to head matchup like that it tells you a lot about who he is it'd be tough for me to see the Chiefs walking on him although I do agree with you this idea you know trying to get a guy a little lower in the draft. And you know, I you know, you mentioned you know, you know Russell Wilson. I, I I find it laughable the idea that anyone in the NFL would take a chance on a quarter. What is he five eleven? Yeah, I mean, he just he, run as well. Well, yeah, he might just run around and then try to like jump to throw it over the line. You need a guy like a Brock Osweiler. You know, he's six seven. Wowzers. Yeah. What is that? Natural throwing lanes all day would be perfect for this type of play action. Especially based. if we if we combine him with our aren't soon to be college basketball tight end that we're going to go out yeah. and get soon yeah absolutely there's the basketball connection yeah exactly it's it's hard not to get excited for that right six seven throwing to six seven it would just jump over everyone's head <laughs> like no look passes and things like that wouldn't it you know? yeah. yeah well that that's a little absurd we don't need to you know make up stuff that would never happen <laughs> i mean that yeah. would be that, that would be that would, would be weird. Be but you see it all the time in basketball, don't you? They, only, they, they do these like kind of like no look kind of throws and stuff. And yeah. it, it, I think I think Osweiler is one of those players that yeah, I think if you had that basketball connection with a tight end or something, you might see it. I think you're mad, Brad, and I think you've maybe taken it a bit too far that time. Oh, so basically, okay. what you're saying is that you think that quarterbacks could eventually become like the likes of Jason Williams and like white chocolate. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine a quarterback running around and looking at one receiver and just chucking it to another one? Like he <laughs> nah. thinks, yeah, like he thinks he's Jason Williams or something. Yeah, All right, maybe Madden. I'm playing too much Madden. Yeah, you, you could maybe, yeah, you could maybe do that in Madden. I bet you, you know, you could maybe see that at the high school level. Players don't get away with throws like that at the pro level. Pro quarterbacks play like what you saw Kyle Orton do. Yeah. You mm-hmm. saw that actual... Just controlling the game, managing it, making no mistakes. I can't remember a single mistake Orton made all day. And that's that's winning football. If your quarterback doesn't beat you and you run the ball well, you're going to win nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, it, the main thing I think that Orton needs to really concentrate on is the red zone threat because there was many a time there, there was loads of points left on the field that the Chiefs could have had. That was tough. Um, it was tough, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you're playing against... Packers defense and and literally on the goal line as well. There was many players like where within like five yards of the goal line, and and the Packers managed to just 
you know, nullify it all. Um, so I think, yeah, I think if Orton can just spruce up that red zone threat, I think I think the Chiefs will be onto a winner. I think. I, I don't disagree, Brad. I don't yeah. disagree. Although I'd like to see the Chiefs be more aggressive in the first round and finally get their guy, their first guy since Todd Blackledge. But it's definitely um, Osweiler, few is it? Uh, or, or Whedon, yeah, or Whedon, hundred percent. But we, I don't think we can end this podcast without mentioning. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant or Mr. Relevant in this game, Ryan Suckup. Absolutely. Um, they were tough conditions today or yesterday mm. for him to kick in. The wind and that, yeah. yeah, the wind was howling in Arrowhead and he made a couple of really tough kicks there. And he's having a great season, is Ryan Suckup. And he started off a bit dodgy in his career, but he's he's really, really come on. And what, he made four field goals in yesterday's game? Yeah. So you can't really really turn your nose up at that and without his points when the Chiefs stumbled he didn't stumble and we made sure that we got points on the board despite the offence not tripping up shall we say at the goal line so yeah kudos to Ryan Sucker what a game he had absolutely Um, there were just there were so many stars you know that it was it was just such a team effort you you have a group of guys that come together because I was thinking of guys we haven't mentioned yet either you know the offensive weapon Dexter McCluster Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's just there's so much that happened in this game that there's just so many unsung heroes, and Suckup is definitely one of them. You know, having a clutch kicker like that, that's a guy that you keep around. Um, he 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 doesn't shrink away from the moment. He can handle the wins. I like it. I like it a lot. And seriously, McCluster, I'm telling you, I think they're finally now with Cornell. I think now you're going to see him used correctly, and and that's that's really been the issue with him is usage. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. It's just exciting, isn't it? I know we're going to wrap this up in a minute. It's just, yeah. it's just so exciting now that we've got this win. Okay, we're only six and eight, but we're two games out of the playoffs. Win the mm-hmm. next two, we're in. Um, but even if beyond this season, it's just exciting now knowing that the Chiefs have finally got their guy. It's a big scalp, isn't it? That's the, it that's is. the thing you've got to look at. It it's a big scalp, thirteen and all team that uh, that looked as though they were, you know. Riding out the rest of this, uh, the rest of the season with a, a perfect record, but yeah, the Chiefs have blotted that copybook. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I, it was looking like one of those roller coaster seasons, wasn't it? It started off really badly, and then we we picked up a little bit, and then we've hit this kind of lull again, and then all the Todd Haley thing happened and everything, and it was just. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of good news for once, isn't it? Well, imagine um, the Americas game if we win the Super Bowl this year. Cool, Think how yeah. good that's going to be. The story yeah. of the 2011 Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. And I I really think you're on to something. You know, you referenced, I I think they've got a puncher's chance with the style of football that they're playing and the fact they're finally getting copper involved. They're finally doing a few things a little bit differently. Um, But you, no matter how this year pans out, I think the year to really shoot for is that 2012. And you said something that really, really rung true to me. You mentioned, you know, the way you phrased it, I really like that. You know, that 2012 is, is is a season the Chiefs fans will remember forever. I, I just I have a feeling about it. I think that will go down in you could almost say in infamy. It's gonna mm-hmm. be so so remembered by Chiefs fans. And I think that's the year to really watch out for, no matter what happens the rest of this season. Without a shadow of a doubt. All right. Well, I think what we, before we wrap it all up, I think we'll have your uh, predictions for the Raiders game next at Arrowhead. Um gotta be on a high for this, surely. Tom, what do you think the prediction is gonna be for the Raiders game? Well, I think now that the Chiefs make Arrowhead a fortress after yesterday and going forward this year and next, that they'll win many home games. And I think they'll start next weekend um, by beating the Raiders comfortably 
at home, setting up a, a winner takes all game in Denver, should we say? So mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs will win like thirty three, um, and the defense carry on with their good form and maybe like what ten? So thirty three ten, yeah. That's yeah, what we're saying. all aboard yeah. the Orton hype train there. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Seth? I really, I, I really agree in terms of what we think is going to happen at, at Arrowhead. Um, I, I think the Chiefs comfortably beat the Raiders. I don't think it's even close. I think there's a chance they pitch a shutout. I mean, it just stands to reason. You see really? what they did to Aaron Rodgers. I think you can multiply that. The one thing that does spook me for you know is you, you talk about you know a winner take all against Denver. Man, I don't want any part of Tim Tebow. Yeah. There's something special going on there. And that's the one thing, that's the only thing that's kind of got a little bit of a shadow over over all of this. I'm so excited. I'm not excited to play against that guy for the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. He's just a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Florida cleaned up in college with him. And he seems to have been transitioned to the pros quite nicely. Um, yeah. He played well at Wembley earlier this season. So when he come here so yeah I, I agree with that Denver are going to be an issue with Tebow at quarterback that is mm-hmm. for sure but that's next week we're going to pound the Raiders first and we can worry about Tim Tebow and everyone else next week I think it's going to be a close game against the Raiders um, I don't know I just have to you know these kind of jitters I think we're still trying to work a few things out with the Chiefs and that um, so I'm, I'm probably going to go Chiefs 16 Raiders 13 something like that Man, you're you're drinking the haterade today. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I am on this high. I am on this real big high that you know Orton's Orton's now the key, um, and Cronell's somehow waving his magic wand. But I don't know. It's the Raiders, isn't it? It's a tough game. So sure, sure. Uh, it's one I, of those I, I, games that you don't really you don't really like to have, especially at this end of the season. But um, yeah. I think it's and I know you one. interrupted me earlier. Sorry, Brad, and I've just done the same to you. But yeah. <laughs> I know I said about that Moose Light Jagger song, Maroon 5. Yeah. I just had a thought, because it's been going through my head during this podcast as well. How good would it be to have Maroon 5 play the Super Bowl? Oh, well, singing Moose Light Jagger? Yeah. yeah like, oh, that'd be for brilliant. me, that would be up there with some of the all-time great Super Bowls. Like the likes of Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake and Michael Jackson. Like, if you can... Throw in Maroon Five as well. I think you're onto a, like a top. Although three, with top the four with the halftime show, with the Janet Jackson, I mean, you got to be careful in terms of the amount of skin that would be showing. I'm sure Maroon Five. I'm sure you'd see a lot less skin with a Maroon Five performance. <laughs> That's though. a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, good point. Conservative we, like the future of NFL offenses. Yeah. I, I I like it. I like it a lot. One final thought that I just I have to get out there because it's a fear that I have, and I know we got to go, um, and I know this is looking ahead because I really I think the Chiefs are going to stomp the Raiders. So, you know, I'm looking at this Denver Broncos roster, and something just occurs to me: the Chiefs really did lock out. I think they're going to be playing against Tebow for 15 years, but you know they could have also been playing against one of his teammates, um, who's now tearing it up in New England. I mean, can you imagine if mm. the Broncos had taken Aaron Hernandez? Yeah. I mean, that would have that would have been killer for them. It would have been I, I don't even know the Chiefs kind of dodged a bullet there, is what I'm saying. And so I mean, I just I, I'm very worried about the Broncos moving forward, but it could have been a lot worse. Um almost almost horrific even. So I just I wanted to throw that out there. Right. Okay. Um uh, right, uh, well, that's it for this week's uh, Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Um, <laughs> two games remaining with a home game against the Raiders and at Broncos for the final game. So the, uh, the playoffs are well within reach. Keep the faith, Chiefs Kingdom, and from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.